Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, how many of you, you drop a little crumb to the dog because you love him? What's this woman say? Isn't this amazing? She says, I understand you came for your children. But even in the real world, a good person drops some good crumbs for the dog. And she says, all I need is a crumb of your power. And it'll heal my daughter. She understood the power of God. Do we? It was in the personal moments Jesus had with people, often women, that we learned some of the most powerful lessons. The Gentile woman in today's passage, knowing that Jesus had come first for the Jewish people, still had the faith to plead with Jesus for her dying daughter. In today's message, Pastor Mark questions whether we, with all we know of Jesus, have the faith that this woman had. Jesus told her that she had great faith. She knew that a mere crumb of God's power would be enough to heal her daughter. What would Jesus say about your faith? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Crossing New Borders. So into this, Jesus comes. And these walls of prejudice, he just crossed them. He crossed the border. Well, as he faces this woman, now think about this. She's a woman. She's a Canaanite. She's a Gentile. I mean, you never even would talk. A Jew wouldn't talk to a Gentile. Certainly not a woman. Watch what happens. Verse 23, and Jesus did not answer a word. Well, that seems a little unlikely, doesn't it? She comes asking for help, and Jesus doesn't say a thing. Here's what happened. Notice back in verse 22, she used the title, Son of David. You see, she had no right to use that title because she wasn't Jewish. She wasn't in the line of David. We don't even know why she used it. She probably doesn't know why she used it. She just heard it. So when she said that, Jesus remained silent because she can't approach him as a Jew. Look at the rest of 23. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, because she keeps crying out after us. The original in the language means this. She kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming to him. Whether it was just many, many times over a few hours, over a few days. Finally, the disciples said, there's two meanings you can take this. They could say, man, Jesus, tell her you're not going to do anything for her. Get her out of our hair. We're trying to meet here. Or... And I like this one because you'll see why I like this one. I believe those words could be translated. The disciples said to Jesus, send her away with her request granted. In other words, Jesus, 
do what she asks so that we can get on to what we need to be doing. The reason I believe that, look at verse 24. He breaks his silence and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, that's why I'm not speaking to her. Not only did she say son of David, but he was saying to his disciples, my priority when I came was for the people of Israel. I came to reveal myself as their Messiah and to offer them this kingdom so they could be a light to the Gentile world. Let me give you a little, a little mini history of Israel. When God sovereignly made a nation called Israel from Abraham, he just picked a man. And he said, from this man, I'm going to make a nation. You're going to be Jews. And as you come to worship me, uh, you're going to worship the one true God. So that's what Abraham started. And God began to bless the Israelites. He gave them the promised land. Their families were good. Their crops were good. Their animals were good. And why did God do this? How many gods did the Israelites worship? How many gods? One. One true God. Now, if you stepped outside of this and you took all the other Gentiles back in history in the Old Testament, six, eight, nine thousand years ago, who did they worship? How many gods did they worship? Men is man, just like you go to India today, millions of gods. They worship the sun god and this god and the, t- and the cows and just like they do in India. So outside of the circle, these people just worship pagans forever. So God said to the Israel, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a light to these people. And when they see how good I am to you, out here they're going to go, well, who do you worship? We, we got to find that god. Because that God is like really good. And they were supposed to say, we worship Jehovah, the one true God. They were supposed to be a light to the rest of the world. you get it? What did they do? Well, instead of doing that, they looked outside and said, hmm, you mean you can have all the women you want? And you can do this and you can kill and you can be selfish and you can grab more than anybody else? Let's try that. And so Israel became like the world. And not only that, they began to bow down to pagan gods. That's why God eventually destroyed the northern part of Israel. And the other part went into Babylonian captivity. So when Jesus came, he came for a reason. He was trying to bring the Jewish people back so they could be what? A light to the world again. And in John chapter 1, it says, the light came into the world, but the world The Jewish world didn't receive him. In fact, they rejected him. The light. So what did Jesus do? He said, I'm going to expand it. Watch this. He says in John, he says, but to all who believed him. Now, who would all be? How many kinds of all are there today? I'm telling you here, it's not a difficult question. How many categories of all are there? There's two, and that would be Jew and Gentile. To to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, here's the hard part, to become children of one God. The Jews hated that statement. No way. We're going to share our God with these guys. But they didn't even worship the one true God. So that's why Jesus came. So he says to his disciples, I didn't come to minister to, the, to these individuals. I mean, primarily I came for the Jews. Well, you'll see this. Why does this woman keep coming and asking him? 
When Number one, she gets no answer. Number two, she gets an answer that sounds like, what? Well, here's why. Most commentators believe that Jesus was testing her faith to see if she really believed that Jesus was the answer and that she had a right to ask him, which obviously she did. Here's something I want you to write. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Now, this woman continues to ask and pray over and over again. Let me ask you a question today. Think about this. It won't take long for you to get it. What if, as a Christian, every single time you ask God for anything, within one minute, he answered yes and gave you your request? What would your life be like as a Christian? Because you know what, how we treat God? Your ATM? Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. You'd have no relationship with God at all. You'd have no history with God. You would treat God like a big bank. Just withdrawals. I don't care who the teller is. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for... The person that would suffer would be you and me. So God doesn't do that. Often God simply doesn't answer our prayer. But he will answer. You'll see that. So this woman, her faith is being tested. She comes again and again and again to ask. Now with that, look what happens in verse 25. We see her sincerity. The woman came and knelt before him. Now she changed her word. She dropped the son of David. And she simply says, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. The woman was persistent even though the door looked closed. Some of you need to understand today, you've stopped praying, but God wants you to continue to ask. You've gotten discouraged because the answer has been no, the door has been closed. But this woman does something important. She humbly submits herself to God. She actually, before Jesus, she kneels. By the way, if you had a daughter that was demon-possessed, you think you might kneel before Jesus? When you kneel, you realize, I don't have the answers. I need your help. This woman says, God, help me. The Bible says we're to lift holy hands in worship to God. When you raise your hands to God, what are you saying? I surrender. It's your will. It's a good thing. But I would encourage you. Some of you say, well, I come from the Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ background, and I, I can't do that. It's not part of my upbringing. Forget all that. I come from Pentecostal, and I got too tired of doing it. <laughs> it's not about that. When, when it was quoted in the Old Testament, we just had Jews, and they worshiped God. Let me just say this. There'll be a day you will, because you need God. And your heart, if it was your daughter, you're going to do whatever to get her need met. See, God sometimes just has to humble us. We're all prideful people. Well, how does Jesus answer when she kneels? It doesn't look any better. Jesus replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Now, let me tell you what this means. The children represented the Jews, 
The children's bread was the benefits that the Jews got because of Jesus' ministry to them. And the dogs was not this mongrel kind of, there's lots of words for dogs, but this was a a house pet, not a wild dog. So it represented the Gentiles. What was Jesus saying? Jesus says to the Gentile woman, my main purpose was to bring teaching and feeding to my people, the children at the table, the Jews. You see, he says, I came so they could learn about me. I came as a Jew, Jesus said. I I came from my people so they could learn about me and then eventually take this good message, this good news to you as Gentiles. Now, once in a while, I'll do this, but my main reason was to come to the Jews. And the 12 disciples were Jewish. Jesus says, right now, my focus is on the Jews. And I know that God has promised me to come And the Jews know that I've come as the Messiah, their Messiah. Do you know the Gentile people didn't understand that? Gentile people didn't have any Messiah coming. They didn't even know what that meant. And so he says, I can't have you at the table right now. Because my main focus in this parable is on the Jews, the children that are on the table. Well, look at this unbelievable, magnificent response this lady makes. She says in verse 27, yes, Lord. But even the dogs or the puppies, that's the word it means, our pets, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is amazing. Now, if you're a Christian, you gotta gotta love pets. You gotta have pets. I mean, you just, you know, I mean, if one of your pets a cat, that's something else. But if if you like dogs, that's, (laughs) that's okay. So, you know, we have a little Shih Tzu mix, a little bit of poodle in there. And by the way, how many of you can understand this parable? Your pet, when you're eating, where are they? Are they in the other room? No, 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 no. They're right by the table. Our little Shih Tzu has come up with this weird thing. And I was sitting the other day, and here she is sitting at this. I'm just waiting. And I hear this. And I said, man, a dog's got sinus. I have to get some medication for her or something. And she says, that's not sinus. She's letting you know she's there. (laughs) I don't know where she picked it up, but she snorts so that I'll see that she's there. Now, how many of you, you drop a little crumb to the dog because you love them. What's this woman say? Isn't this amazing? She says, I understand you came for your children. But even in the real world, a good person drops some good crumbs for the dog. And she says, All I need is a crumb of your power, and it'll heal my daughter. She understood the power of God. Do we? You know, we're sitting at the table today, being fed, and some of us don't get it. God is all-powerful. And she said, I just just need a crumb just a little bit of your time and your power, and my daughter will be totally cured. Do we really believe that nothing's impossible with God? Look how Jesus answered verse 28. I love it. And Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, why did Jesus say to this woman, this Canaanite woman, this Gentile woman, you have great faith, and yet a few weeks before, 
They're in a storm. Jesus walks by. Peter gets out and he's walking on the water. And all of a sudden he looks around and he goes. Remember, Jesus had to grab his hand and put him in the boat. And as he's putting him back in the boat, what does he say to Pete? Pete, oh, you of little faith. Great faith? Little faith. Now, wouldn't you think the disciples who are followers of Jesus would have the great faith? And the Canaanite woman who never met him before, doesn't even know him, would have little faith. The reason he used those terms is because the disciples should have had great faith. They'd been walking with him. They'd seen it over and over again. This woman really has no history with God. And she became, listen, as a little child. And she just said, I need a crumb and my daughter will be well. The Bible says, unless you and I become as little children, we'll never enter the kingdom of God. See, children just have faith. They don't allow all the circumstance to cloud the issue. They simply just have faith. Here's what I want you to write today. God honors faith that is persistent, active, and yet humble. Persistent, active, and yet humble. Turn with me quickly, if you will, to Matthew 7. It's just a few chapters back. As you go there, let me share with you. These are three commands that Jesus gives every Christian. If you're a Christian in Matthew 7, these are three commands. They're not suggestions. Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus said it like this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks find, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. See, ask, seek, and knock are simply a metaphor for praying. These commands were really, in the original language, it doesn't read like that. Here's how it reads in the original language. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's what the woman did. Even when there was a seeming silence, even when it seemed like it was almost a no, she kept seeking and asking and knocking. Now, notice in verse 8, for everyone who asks, receives. See, God's going to test our faith. He will always answer in his time. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk asks all these questions. He gets no answer. Maybe that's you today. You've been asking God and there's been no response. Well, he will answer. He'll either say yes or no or wait. And sometimes the wait or the yes or the no, there's just a silence. We don't have anything. Develop your relationship with God. When he does answer, it will always be 100% right for you. Even though you and I may not want it. So this woman does exactly what James says to do. Faith without works is dead. If our faith does not lead us to act, then we're simply fooling ourselves. She has a faith which resulted in action. She kept coming to Jesus. Real faith leads us to action. Did you notice that distance was not a prayer? This daughter wasn't in their vicinity She was far away. But the moment that Jesus said, your great faith has healed her, she was totally delivered from a demon. That's why intercessory prayer, in other words, praying for others, should be a part of our quiet time. There are many of you 
In fact, every one of you that have loved ones or friends that are far away, either in spirit or far away from God. They're in other states, they're in other parts of the world. We just need to keep coming to God, keep bringing before the Lord, keep asking God. Last week, an individual got saved in the 80s and 90s, got saved. You say, well, how can that be? Well, people kept praying. Nothing looked like it was happening. Some of you have prodigal sons and daughters. You have teenagers. You have kids that are gone off on the other end and head off in another direction. Some of you think your marriage is over. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Faith has to be tested to be trusted. Now scoot back to where we were, Matthew 15, verse 29. Let's see what you've learned this morning. Watch this. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee Then he went up on a mountain and sat down. Who directed Jesus to go there? God did. When did he do it? Well, he did it when Jesus had one of these. Is that right? No, that is not right. He did it during a quiet time, or he did it as Jesus was walking. Now, why did he do it? What are you going to see? Everything about the world and the end of the world is focused on this little city down here right next to the Dead Sea called Jerusalem. Do I have a time for it? Absolutely not. I would never be stupid enough to do that. But I'm going to show you how the things will come together. So when you see this, Jesus leaves Tyre. That's where he was. See, way up there. And he goes to this east side of Israel, past the Sea of Galilee. And all these cities that you see in red, that's the Decapolis. That's Gentile territory, basically. Almost all Gentile. So he goes there. And he goes there because God directs him there. Normally he's not going there. He's only been there one other time. He goes there because God's going to use him. Now notice what happens when he gets there. Take a look at uh, verse uh, 30. He's in Gentile territory again, going outside the box. It says, when he arrived, great verse 30, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. Let me ask you a question. Why would Jesus attract great crowds of Gentiles? How did they know about Jesus? Let me give you an example. Let's go over to the country of Iraq today. Muslim. If Jesus would have walked into the area of Iraq, they're all Muslim, would you anticipate today, if he was here, that millions of people would surround him and were ready to be healed? Well, no. They don't even know about Jesus. It's pagan territory. Well, that's where Jesus is. When he walks into this area, in one of these areas of the ten cities of Decapolis, masses of people come, and he heals them all. How in the world did they find out about Jesus? I mean, they have banners, there's no CNN news, there's no, how did they find out? Oh, this is exciting. Here's how. Do you remember back, back in Matthew, one day Jesus went to the other side of Israel, And when he got out of the boat, it was Gentile territory. When he got out of the boat, he met two men that were demon-possessed. you remember? And they had come from the tombs. And they were wild. No man could control them. They just went crazy and whatever. And, And he came over there and he cast the demons out of those men. Do you remember? The intimate and personal moments in Jesus' life with the people around him spoke volumes. In today's message, Pastor Mark highlighted the story of a Gentile woman who came to Jesus on behalf of her sick daughter. Through this encounter, we learned how much God puts a premium on faith and how faith in but a crumb of God's power can work wonders. 
Remember, God honors faith that is persistent, active, and humble. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. How often we have seen God at work in our lives as Christians. And even if we forget, surely we can point to his works among the Israelites throughout history that surely should cause us to run to him in time of need. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark asks why we are so ready to depend on ourselves to solve our problems when God has proven himself to be faithful. Are you ready to trust God? You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurry.